Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time, They Might Be Giants. I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I am here with Marianne McTro to talk about the song Spiraling Shape off of Factory Showroom. Down, down, down you go, no way to stop as you fall, hear me call. Listen to this warning and consider these simple words of advice. Stop, stop, stop. Fogging the view, cupping face to the window in darkness, you make out a spiraling shape. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Greg. How are you? <laughs> I am coming off a high from talking to Marty Beller, and uh, oh man, it's it's weird how how far ahead I am by the time I can get your episode out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I'm I'm doing quite well. How are things uh, up in uh, the Great White North right now? Oh geez, um, it's not white at all where I am. Um, we're, we've got some unseasonable warmness right now. So yeah, we've, we've had a very mild winter too. Like, uh, when we moved into the house we're in right now, it's got, it's got a pretty long driveway. So I invested in a snowblower and I love using that thing. I mean, not that I like want to be, you know, in a blizzard and have to be out there constantly clearing my driveway, but I haven't gotten to use it at all this winter. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I just love getting out there and, you know, I'm a teacher. So it's like. Yeah, snow day, and I just got there. Just, you know, it's it's great. It really throws it. It's a snow thrower, I think. Actually, is how they, oh, they nice. call it. Yeah. So, um, you are the f- fourth international guest I've had on the show right now, mm-hmm. with the first Canadian. Fantastic. So, where are you? If, tell the folks where you where are you exactly? I'm in Lethbridge, Alberta which is about two hours southeast of Calgary. Okay. Yes. The, um, you know, Canadianisms, I suppose, and things. And even, like, terminology, like, um, what do you call, um, I mean, a winter hat, like a knit knit cap? (laughs) That would be a toque, right? Yeah. Um, (laughs) No, I'm afraid you're wrong. That's a beanie. (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny, I don't know if it's just like talking about, uh, you know, rock guys just always have some dumb hat on or something. And like, you know, like rock and roll guys like, why are you wearing a winter hat inside? Like while you're playing guitar on stage sweating, other things like that. Because like, we're not that far apart, you know, 
No. It's not like, no. I mean, like I talked to an Australian guy and we were, we were talking about um, various things well, <laughs> and, and different meanings of words. Like, for example, I talked to uh, uh, Abby. Oh, yes. I, I was just curious. So I'm like, uh, so is the C word really as casual <laughs> out there as, as we think it is? And then I had to ask the Australian guy. And she's like, no, it's the Australian. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll ask the Australian guy. Oh, so, yeah, geez. we've got the explicit logo. But the Aussies, I'm really fond of. So, uh, con- oh, crap. continue that. <laughs> continue that. Um, <laughs> so, let's, uh, let's get into it because there's a lot of talk to talk about with this song. So, I don't think we need to BS too much. But uh, let's talk about your history being a fan of the band. So, g- give us the low, Daniel. How did you get into them? When? How old were you? What albums okay. or songs? So, uh, yeah, what do you got? So in 1993, I was in high school. I was 17 years old, and I managed to catch part of the music video for Birdhouse on uh, Much Music, which is the Canadian equivalent Mm. to MTV. And I was like, what the hell (laughs) did I just hear? So I went to school the next day. And, well, first, can um, I ask, Mark, what was back to back like? What did what did they show before and after that you know, video? I don't remember because I don't even think I caught the whole video. Like I think I just caught the tail end mm-hmm. of it, not enough to have heard the entire song. Um, and so I went to school the next day, and I asked my friend Mark because he always seemed to know about stuff. Um, do you, have you ever heard this song? It goes like something like, I'm your only friend. I'm not your only friend. <laughs> I'm, but really, I'm not actually your friend, but I am. <laughs> and um, not only had Mark heard of it, but he had Flood on cassette. And so I had um, one of those awesome ghetto blasters with the two tape decks. Yes. So you could do the recording yes. of the tape onto a blank tape. Uh-huh. So I recorded it. And uh, listened to it endlessly. Um, <laughs> and so for Mark and I, he was like my They Might Be Giants buddy in high school. Sweet. If something couldn't be commented on with uh, a They Might Be Giants lyric or <laughs> a quote from a Kids in the Hall sketch, then it wasn't, it wasn't worth commenting on. It was all They Might Be Giants, Kids in the Hall, and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, okay. So the last like, one is Mark not one I, I ever. The last one's not one I ever really uh, got into. But what's funny, Outdoor Valor, our first EP is called "Don't Panic," and then like oh, we nice. released it, and then like people are like, "Oh, it's a Hitchhiker's reference." We're oh, like, no. "No, it's about not panicking because oh, that's awesome. it, was, it was more about like my wife being in graduate school than anything." <laughs> and like she's like, "I'm sinking all this time into school." Should I be oh doing this? Like, what am I going to, you know, and now she loves it. She's a Spanish professor and about to get tenure. So uh, she didn't panic, but that, yeah. So, but <laughs> I am, I am a big fan of really Canadian sense of humor as a whole, you know, for the most part. Oh, kids in the hall. Like, I can't even believe they were even allowed on TV. <laughs> like, uh, so fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I saw, saw all that stuff way after the fact, so I never saw it on TV, TV really, mm-hmm. or, you know, as it was new. So it's hard for me to, to think about it in that context, but it, it is <laughs> bizarre. Um, yeah. Great. It, great time for comedy in general. I think the, uh, Oh yeah. The, um, I don't know the pre YouTube era. Really? Yes. I think YouTube yes. kind of ruined comedy. Everything, everything has to go viral, blah, 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 you know, and it, 
Yeah. They, yeah. they weren't thinking yeah. about that. I don't know. Yeah. Just a little hypothesis. Yeah. There, there was another, another show that was on, I think it was on just before kids in the hall on whatever night of the week it was called Codco. And mm. so it was, it was a, a bunch of Newfoundland um, comedians. And so like, if you want to hear a particular Canadian accent <laughs> and uh, regionalisms, that is the show. Oh my God. Okay. That's not dad. Yes, it is. But you don't look like dad. Oh, I don't like to be looking at us. Oh, my Alice, I'm not too late, am I, girl? You haven't got them planted. God love them. Which I lost Cassie out in Topsail somewhere, a bit of a problem with Rowley. They did a lovely job on them here. Took him some long time to go, though, didn't it, girl? Yes, the doctor said he had a heart like a horse bit, cause he was always contrary. Mom, come over here. Look, I want to get a picture of you with the coffin. That's what I will not. Look, going to Google, what's she like? My God, though, Alice, they must make some old money here, what? Well, the funeral parlor and the hall for weddings and the ambulance service. Hatching, matching, and dispatching, what? <laughs> no, 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 Alice. No disrespect intended, honey. Not taken, bet. Mom, when's Jim getting in? Okay, so your friend uh, Mark, and yes, I can relate to just throwing the MIP Giants lyrics into everything. And luckily, my wife knows most of them by now, too. Maybe maybe more for me saying them than for the band singing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my, my poor husband. Is he a fan or no? Uh, he likes them. He likes them okay. He, he likes, I like fun. Um, and he's learned, he's learned a couple of songs on ukulele, but... Nice. Um, like, whereas I will be happy to put on a record and play it five times in a row, I'm pretty sure he would get tired of that pretty quick. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, there are levels of fandom, and, and, and most of us that are hanging around these certain nooks of, of the internet talking about them constantly, you know, we don't realize how weird uh, yeah. it would sound to, uh, like, if the things were, like, commenting on these threads on uh, miscellaneous tea, like, if we were speaking these things out loud to someone who is not a huge fan, oh gee, like, you like, are a loser. Thank God for miscellaneous tea because <laughs> I, I don't have anybody in real life to talk to about. They might be giants and not sound like a complete lunatic. Oh really? Well, what? What? Where, oh, where's yeah. Mark right now? Oh, this is so sad. Uh -oh. Mark doesn't listen to They Might Be Giants anymore. Oh, I thought you were going to say he died. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, Mark's dead. No, Greg, it's worse. It's worse than that. The spiraling shape got him. When did he drop yeah. off? Oh, gee, it must have been um, uh, after Factory Showroom. So the spiraling shape did get probably, him. probably. Uh, it, it's quite possible. It made him go yeah. insane. I mean... I kind of I kind of knew that this was this was the case because a few years ago I bought him a blue canary nightlight for his birthday <laughs> oh, and I gave him this thing and he opens the, the box and he's looking at it and I can tell he doesn't quite know what it is. What? And he's like, oh, this is nice. And oh, I said, no. It's, it's it's the blue canary in the outlet by the light switch that watches over you. And he was like, uh. Oh right, oh. and it's like and he's then got I, Alzheimer's. I sort of knew TMBG yeah. Alzheimer's. Yeah, dude, you but introduced me to this band. I know, and it really is tragic because, uh, like, yeah. Anyway, I told him, 
If he ever wants to come over and listen to They Might Be Giants, he's welcome. Did he have a reason for it? Because it's funny, the people I've been recruiting, obviously, mostly are pretty big fans and will follow them to the ends of the earth, let alone, you know, into mm-hmm. the full band era. I, I'd, I'd thought that, like, my guests that were my age or older, there would be some sort of division between people that were mm-hmm. like, I mean, not necessarily like, oh, they sold out when they got a band or whatever, you know. Did Rhythm Section 1 add me nothing? Yeah, or, you know, but I haven't come across, like, any of those people. Was that it? Was, like, the full band era hit and he's like, eh? Or was it just, like, lack of... I don't know. I think maybe he just um, got other interests and they sort of fell off the radar for him. Like, I, after, after the spine, I had a pretty big gap where I wasn't really following them Mm -hmm. and I wasn't buying any music. And I mean, it's kind of hard to get new. They might be giants um, in Lethbridge, Alberta. Oh, Uh, but at least like um, in the early aughts, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, After they left Electra, I'd imagine it got harder. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened to Mark. Hmm. Just, it's just a sad story. He didn't die, though, so that's good. He did not die. He's <laughs> he's alive and well. We just had breakfast together last week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so you, you you didn't ditch him as a friend because he ditched They Might Be Giants. You, you still... No, okay. although my sister said maybe I, I should. <laughs> Is your sister a big They Might Be Giants fan? I don't think so. I sent her a couple of downloads. Um, I sent her Lincoln and Phone Power. And then a week later, I said, did you listen to them? Like, I want to get the review. And she said, oh, I really, no, I haven't really had time. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what? And so Make time. I didn't, I didn't want to be too eager, sure. like texting her every day saying, what's your review? What do you think? What's your favorite song? But I don't know. I I really feel like I'm kind of alone out here. That's a bummer. How yeah. uh how how big is the city you live in? Uh, we're now I think just about a hundred thousand. Okay. And in high school, um, Mark and I lived in Fort McLeod, which is a little town of three thousand. Okay. Uh, just outside of Lethbridge, and so um, yeah, we were like a, the the couple of weirdos amongst the jocks and mm-hmm. want to be cowboys at our oh boy. little high school. Canadian cowboys. Yeah. Yep. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's just you know, it's a little smaller than than Lafayette's around. I think when you combine, like, there's a Lafayette and there's West Lafayette. Purdue University's mm-hmm. in West Lafayette, and you mm-hmm. know the river just splits them. Combined, it's like even without the student body, I think it's like 150 thousand. So oh, yeah. it's really not that much bigger. And the towns I teach in, I mean, really, you can get outside of Lafayette proper pretty quickly and get out into, you know, mm-hmm. nothingness, you know, farmland, um, very flat, flat, flat land. And uh, I teach at a school pretty close to the Illinois border and um, two schools. And the one town is like 300 people. It's got one, oh, one, yeah. one school in it. And then the other yeah. town, it's in the same county, you know, that that is not much bigger. So I'm very familiar with being in the middle of nowhere and there's, there's things I like about it, but um, I'm glad I, I like teaching in those towns. I, I understand the appeal of living, uh, you know, with some space around you and I like the, the size of the town we're in. I grew up in Chicago. So like mm-hmm. Lafayette is like mm-hmm. rinky dinky to me. 
but then I go out and teach and it's like really rinky dinky. And I, I love teaching there and it's a great community vibe, but I'm glad I don't live there. Mm-hmm. Hopefully none of them are listening to this because they like all live there. <laughs> they all live. I'm like the only person coming in from out of town. It's like just like generations of teachers and they went to the school and then they teach at the school Ooh, and they went yes. to the school and they teach yep. at the school. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's, it's cool in a lot of ways though. So anyway, back to to they might be giants. So you were having trouble getting uh, a hold of stuff, or maybe you had you had some other stuff going on. You kind of lost track. Yeah, I kind of lost track of them for a while. So like what what albums are we talking? What what did you what did you miss? Oh my god! Um, well, I st- I picked them up again. Um, nanobots. Okay. So what's that like? That's a while. <laughs> nine nine years. Um, cause I, I had downloaded the dial a song app and I was hearing these new songs. And so I don't know if it just didn't occur to me that they would be producing so much content or what, but then that's when I realized I, I think I have some catching up to do. <laughs> so I'm not like, I, I try not to be a completist because I really think that would be like, I don't want to drive myself crazy here. Uh, and I'm not a chronologist, so I'm not acquiring these albums in chronological order, right. but I am trying to fill in the significant blank that I created for myself. Well, it's starting to seem kind of embarrassing to me in a way that I'm, I'm you know, hosting this song by song podcast and I keep coming across songs I've had never heard. Like, how is this Oh, I'm possible? constantly coming. And you know, what's even worse is that I come across songs that I know that for some reason, I never knew what the title was. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like, I, I, I don't know how, um, I suppose maybe I'm listening to the albums and I'm not checking the track list. Right. And I'm, I don't know what, but uh, like, for example, um, Hearing Aid. Uh-huh. Didn't realize it was called Hearing Aid until last year. Okay. <laughs> And I've been listening to this album since 1993. Um, I think maybe part of the problem is that uh, the tape that Mark loaned me to record uh, must not have been labeled because I look at my tape and a lot of the song titles are wrong. Mm. Uh, so I don't know if I was just making up these titles and I decided this song should be called that. So I think. What what is here? Yeah, what was that what called? Did I call it. Oh, you got it in front of you. Um, oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. The electric chairs, not dot dot dot. Okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the electric chair is not good enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like if I think of a lyric. Um, and then I try and think, okay, what song is that from? Sometimes I can't figure it out because I don't know what the song is called. I was hearing it. I would have gone with Frosty the Supervisor as the title. Yeah, <laughs> right? But no. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they put out so much, so much content. And I can't complain about that. But, like, I've got – you've seen the mm-hmm. spreadsheet. I have – keeping mm-hmm. track of stuff for this show and there's this another guy on reddit was like 
Um, well, I, I hit him up in the messages. I thought he seemed like a cool guy to talk to. And I'm like, you want to be on it? And he, he goes and he looks. He's like, the, some of the venue songs are missing. I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, uh, all right. I'll, you know, if there's one you want to do, so I'll add him in there. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, holy crap. Like, I've got the Planet yeah. of the Apes live songs on there. What do you want from me? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to be cool about it. I'm not, I'm not panicking. Yeah. Like, I've only heard two of the venue songs. I know this. I know there are more. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not panicking. <laughs> Eventually I'll hear them. Yeah, yeah. don't panic. <laughs> nope, don't panic. I, I, I mean, but, but then the podcast is, is forcing me to, like, I'm not treating it like it's homework or something. The podcast has been really fun, but people are helping me find other songs or reminding me of songs sure. I may have forgotten about, or then they pick a song where I'm like, oh, that wouldn't have been my first choice, but then I get to kind of study it a little bit and get a mm-hmm. even more appreciation for it. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my wife might say it's an unhealthy obsession already. I, I, I don't think she would, but this is this could possibly make it quite, quite unhealthy. <laughs> it's been... It's, a lot of fun but it's like i'm really really you know they're already my favorite band and now it's like okay no contest you know yeah yeah uh i've studied and i can prove for a fact this is not subjective any longer they're objectively the best band okay <laughs> i've done the research i put in the time <laughs> yeah yeah and i'm only i don't even know what percent of the way there i've only there's so many songs so wait i'm i'm i missed the the timeline here did you hear Spiraling Shape and Factory Showroom when they were new then? Yes. So you did. Okay. It yes. was after that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I was noticing today that um, on allmusic.com, which is is great for some things and lacking in other areas, allmusic.com uh, has this as the lowest rated They Might Be Giants album. In fact, oh, really? Factory Showroom has two stars. Oh, wow. Two stars. And is there any explanation for this? Well, I'll, yeah, let me, I mean, it's very, it seems to have been written by someone who really didn't care to be, you know, someone who's works for all music or something that was just like, I'll just crank mm-hmm. this out. And I don't really know. Um, like you come acro- across a lot of reviewers who don't know what to think of. They might be giants just cause they're very, right. you can't. And I've written, I've, you know, I've worked for punk news for since the early two thousands and used to text reviews used to be my main thing. If there was something I didn't know how to categorize, I would pass it off to somebody else. I'm not going to be like, I don't get this. Let me just make up a bunch of bullshit or let me just make right. it like three sentences long. But that's basically what it is. Okay, let's see. Um, and I mean, these are all different reviewers, which is part of the problem. I don't know if they're all different reviewers, but like whoever reviewed the self-titled and Lincoln really liked it, you know, nine, nine out of ten. Mm-hmm. And then Flood, 8 out of 10. Uh, Apollo, 18, same thing. But then John Henry drops to, to 3 stars or 6, mm. 6 out of 10. And then Factory Showroom is 2 stars. I mean, it's lower than, I mean, like Severe Tire Damage gets 2.5. And, and that's a live album. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Spine got 3 stars. Well, let's see. Those are the lowest. So Factory Showroom, let's see what it says. All right, Stephen Thomas Erlewine. That is your real name. Hopefully it's not, or I'm going to find you. Uh, so, <laughs> Factory Showroom, They Might Be Giants, second effort with a full band, is a stronger album than its predecessor, John Henry, though that was written by someone else, as higher star rating. <laughs> uh, he says, this one is stronger, gave it two stars, boasting a more natural sound and a more diverse selection of material. However, however, John Flansburg and John Linnell are still suffering from a slight creative block. 
They, what the hell? <laughs> no one has ever said that about them before. They even recycle an old B-side, James K. Polk, as evidenced by the lack of memorable hooks and forced jokes. What? What? Okay, so for one thing, <laughs> I mean, but but then, it, so he knows about the song James K. Polk before the album comes out, but then he writes it like he has no idea who he's talking about. Mm-hmm. A creative block. Yeah, okay, they're they're putting out... I mean, I think he doesn't know the way they operate. I mean, and I keep coming across mm-hmm. more and more old, like, dial-a-song bootleg stuff. And oh, yeah. there are songs that have, like, gone through the ringer and, like, come out again finally on an album. Um, you know, they're not recycling stuff. They're, you know, trying to perfect stuff, I think. You know, it doesn't make mm-hmm. it onto mm-hmm. a proper album until they really like it. You know, they're they're going to release stuff. They're going to release stuff in, in a raw form sometimes, but that it still gives them the right. It's their song. They still have the right to like retool it and bring it back. I mean, I don't know yes. if it had, if it had been on John Henry, you know, if James K. Polk had been on John Henry and then they did it again on the next full length, that would be weird, but that's not the case. I don't know. It's very odd to me. You've got re- user reviews that are slightly more. I think there's a lot of re- user reviews just because people like me were like, what? How dare you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, weird. Okay, so how did you feel about Factory Showroom when it first came out, since you had already been a fan for uh, a few years? I think I was not totally hot on mm, it. Two stars. But, like, after, <laughs> <laughs> after a few listens, definitely, like, I, I have a hard time saying what is my favorite of anything. Like, I just have a hard time deciding that What's stuff. What's your favorite food? But, yeah. Yeah, no. No idea. Um, it's, uh, give, me, give me a list of all the foods I've ever eaten, and I will go through that list, and then I'll, I'll let you know. Um, but it, it grew on me, and I really like it. Yeah. Like, it's, I, I, I think of John Henry and Factory Showroom kind of like a double album soundtrack to my undergrad degree. Nice. Mink, and yeah, so, mink, I mean, mink, maybe mink I car have, was my like, soundtrack. maybe there are... <laughs> mink car was my college soundtrack, yeah. <laughs> maybe there are, like, like, now feelings of nostalgia and sentimentality wrapped up in, in the albums, but... Um, wrong with that. No, I mean, it totally grew on me. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so you heard the I've Got a Fang episode... Yes. yes. So Steve and I lived together for four years in college, and so he he got quite an earful of they might be giants, <laughs> and became a fan along the way. Um, we had we had um, actually covered a cover of a cover. We did a version of New York City for a, f- oh, a yeah. friend of ours, um, Patrick, who was just on the Anna Ng episode. Uh, he wrote. He was he, he's more of a, a poet and photographer and some other he's he's an artistic type just not a musician and he wrote lyrics to his girlfriend at the time that were about evergreen park illinois which is where she lived um Mm -hmm. and so he basically i mean without making it like weird l or something it wasn't silly but he adapted the lyrics to be about his his girlfriend at the time and so he wrote it kind of like a poem but then he you know then we put it to music um and I don't think any of us at the time realized that or had, you know, noticed that it is a cover of the uh, Cub song. Um, so it's extra funny that it's like, it's not just a cover of a cover. It's a, a, 
a reimagining of a cover of a cover. I don't know. <laughs> cover but, of a cover. But yeah. so yeah, so Factory Showroom was pretty pretty big for us because um Patrick had gotten me into them on Apollo 18. And then so um and but actually John Henry was also out at the time. So those two like I was into pretty much right away and and then went back to get flood. But Factory Showroom was the first like it was brand new, you know, when I got it. So that, mm-hmm. you know, you know, that's that's you know, it wasn't the first album I got, but it was the first one where I was like eagerly, you know, consuming it upon release. Uh, and mm-hmm. that was pretty heavily played in our college dorm room too. Like the other songs that Steve has picked uh, that he's going to be on are, yeah, they're both from Factory Showroom. I think he mm-hmm. signed up for James K. Polk and, uh, my head falls off? I don't know. One of the other ones. Yeah. So. Is Spiraling Shape your favorite song on Factory Showroom? Oh, gee. Let me look at the track listing. There's so many good ones. There are so many good ones. You know, it is weird, though. I honestly, I don't go back to it as much as some of the fresher albums. I don't know. I feel like I, mm-hmm. I go back to, like, the really weird early stuff. Mm-hmm. Or I'm listening to like the ones that have come out in the past like five years, but it's just yeah. you know I've I've worn I've you know I've I've uh, if it was a tape I would have worn the <laughs> tape physically out, <laughs> yes, just torn it to shreds. <laughs> and also, did you find the um, the dial a song version? Yes, I did. On the the Power of Dial-A-Song 2? Is that? Uh, Let's see. Is that? um, I found a YouTube. um, Yeah, they're like an hour long thing, right? Yes. Um, Is it on there too? Because then I found uh, someone just like Dropbox some stuff and put a link on Reddit like years ago. And it happened to still be up. And they say that they pretty much just list it as... Collected dial song stuff, they say from the Mink Car era, but then there's all this other stuff on it. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't sound as lo-fi as most of the stuff on that, that YouTube rip. Um, oh, that is the lowest fi. Holy crap. I kind of like it. <laughs> I have to say I did, I did enjoy it. Uh, let's see. Was it on the Power dial song one or two? Um, two. And this this is spiraling shape. It's not um, rocket ship. Well, that's, I mean, that's what 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 I was talking about. How it has the, um, <clears throat> how it's almost like two songs merged together. Yeah, yeah. So, which one? Yeah, how do we talk about these? Which one do you think it's this really lo-fi one that came first, or does it just seem older because it's so goddamn? I mean, this is a bootleg, well, so like it's all, who knows the chronology on it? Yeah. Well, on the um, um, on the wiki, yeah. What does it say about that? One? It it says that the chorus from Rocket Ship was cannibalized to become part of Spiraling Shape. Didn't get any further. Yeah, I'm looking at that right now. So then, because this Rocket Ship sounds fairly decent, mm-hmm. the recording. Yeah, and. Then the dial song thing that sounds more like a completed version of Spiraling Shape sounds like butt. <laughs> so <laughs> what's going on here? 
because there's some uh, amb ambiguity here. Uh, so I got this just this Dropbox zip just full of like a million. Let's see, we got two thousand discs, but thirty nine songs on one, twenty five on the other. Don't tell me how many there are. I'm gonna start panicking. I I'm okay with not having heard. Well, like some of these, like, and I haven't even made my whole way through it. I just got it, but uh, the other day. But it's got like, it's not my birthday. It's got um, mm -hmm. it's got like a Particle Man demo on it, and all this. Like, I have no idea what the years are, and I haven't had a chance mm -hmm. to like go and look them all up individually on the wiki or anything. Um, Oh, do not forsake me. Like stuff from like all like all over the map with like the eras of when they were properly released. Um, but yeah, so so Rocket Ship is labeled as parentheses early version of Spiraling Shape. Right. So I'm I'm gonna drop a bit of that in here. <laughs> confused when i heard that very confused because it's like early version of spiraling shape and i'm like well that's called rocket ship and they're like what the hell is this like at the beginning <laughs> right and so the wiki yeah. says it's a 1992 demo of a song um well from the band apparently from tmbg unlimited um it didn't get any further than this this demo because the chorus was cannibalized to make spiraling shape. The verse is a rough idea for a lyric about how far you can travel in outer space and never get anywhere. But the chorus wandered in a more fruitful direction and suggested a better song. So, yeah, I mean, the this demo sounds really disjointed in a way, and I can't tell if it's because just because I know what it ended up sounding like. So, yeah, and that's that's exactly how I felt when I heard it. Um, that I was thinking, well, does it just seem like two songs jammed together because I know what it became in the end? But in the end, it also is kind of like that as well, to a certain extent. That the those sort of yeah. <clears throat> pre verses are are quite different from uh, from the verses and the chorus. 
so let's go ahead and play this one off of the boot. I mean, I guess you'd call it bootleg. It's pretty much the only thing you can call it. The, the Power of Dial-A-Song uh, bootlegs that... And has the wiki even determined when those came out? When the bootleg was first leaked? Or what would you even say leaked at the era that it came out? I mean, I don't... It's it's. I like that they've been a band for so long where they've kind of transcended these different technologies and these different eras, and it's like you can talk about really, really slick production. They might be giants, and Spiraling Shape sounds really, really good. But now I'm going to play this one that sounds really, really, really crummy. <laughs> so let's listen to it. People were commenting on the YouTube stuff for the for those two, you know, um, our Dallas song one and two. That like it sounds like someone was actually calling dial a song. That some of them sounded like someone was calling dial a song from like a phone booth outside and recording it, holding mm-hmm. up to the receiver and like the wind is blowing through. Like because some of it does really it sounds like you're like listening to it from the end of like a wind tunnel. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what what do you make of this um, crazy Power of Dallas song version? I mean, what what did you think? Other than how bad it sounds, quality wise. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it still had that um, like that keyboard part mm-hmm. that um, behind the um, uh, the verse that is what I really like about the song. Uh-huh. That sort of. Um, like there are no there are no rests in it. Yeah, it's just like it just starts in arpeggiations. Goes, yeah, yeah. Um, but I thought it was like it was pretty close yeah. to what it ends up being, just a little bit more um, spare. That's yeah. This it's it makes it so confusing for the chronology of this. Just the it sounds. So like, is it is it an ancient recording? Or just whoever ripped it from dial song just did it badly. Yeah. Because Rocket Ship sounds fine, and this sounds like dirt. Uh, and I yeah. like the lo-fi stuff, yeah. but it just makes me very confused, you know. And yeah. and I think well, we need to go to the source to find out, because it's just so, it's so hard from this era to really know definitively. But, like, I mean, it almost seems to me like they could have, oh, you know, Linnell came up with, like, a pretty good song. Um, 
But then maybe he was like, I don't know if I like those verses. So then they tried something that became mm-hmm. Rocket Ship. Thinking, no, I like the original one better. Like it seems like that right. that doesn't seem totally out of the question. I mean, it seems right. uh, odd, but I mean, that could happen. You know, you can make edits to something and then be like, no, it was better before. I shouldn't have messed with it. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. Well, um, yeah, I'm looking at the comments for uh, Power Dial a Song 2, and somebody's saying that um, uh, what's he saying? This is actually a mutt rip. Do you know what a mutt rip is? Uh, I don't know. Keep keep reading what he says. I'll, Nerd I'll, I'll stuff. Google it. Go ahead. Keep reading. Uh, this is actually a mutt rip. Half these rips are off the quote unquote free when you call from work dial a song bootleg. And that explains the extreme volume inconsistency mm-hmm. since the original bootleg is really loud. Yeah. Okay. So a mutt rip, according to Urban Dictionary, is uh, MP3 releases compiled from different rips, different sources. So apparently, like. Uh, Napster. I was never really into Napster because I bought a lot of music, and I, you know, I never felt mm-hmm. the need to steal music. Um, but then, ironically, I got into Kazaa a few years after that Napster all shit when I went down. Uh, but so, so I guess yeah, it's just coming during the Napster era where people were, you know, just putting crap together that they got from different sources and um, uh. and you know making their own compilation or something. I don't know. A mm-hmm. mutt rip. I guess that term makes sense. Huh. Yeah. And someone's talking about uh, gnarly digital artifacts and like being a, an audio nerd. Um, I, I kind of like lo-fi stuff in it, but like being able to hear like, why does it sound so bad? is kind of what's cool to me. Like why, uh, what what yes. makes it sound lo-fi, you know? Because because yes. I know I can tell when a band is faking it. There's so many bands, like especially like Canadian garage rock, is huge. Are you aware of this? There's like this whole thing. <laughs> I mean, not huge, but like there's a big scene. Um, yeah. One of the the founders, one of the head guys at uh, Punk News, the only guy who's really there's two guys there who have been there longer than me, and he uh, lives in Niagara Falls, Ontario, and. Um, he's just huge into all this like cassette released garage rock and it's all just like, okay, you know, they, I know they're probably just kids or whatever, but they probably have the money to make, you know, even like with garage band, like it's pretty easy to make something that sounds halfway decent, but they're like intentionally being like, let's just turn the gain so far up that when we record it oh, with one mic in a right. room, even though we don't have to, we'll just put one mic in a room and it's like, I'm like, guys, that's not authentic lo-fi. That's fake. That's yeah. forced. <laughs> now this is some, I mean, this might be in more than one way lo-fi. It's them recording it to their answering machine and then someone ripping it like, because they're a rabid mm-hmm. fan in the early nineties or whatever. And then it gets another layer of, fuzz on it that i find pretty cool (laughs) Mm -hmm. so then it makes its uh it takes its most beautiful form on factory showroom which is a very boy slick sounding record for them um i mean the slickest Mm -hmm. to date you know at the time of its release Mm -hmm. to me john henry always sounded a little bit uh muddy i think and i don't know um Mm -hmm. if it's just like a darker record uh, that could play a part of it. It's got dark artwork, you know, it's kind of like an evil looking kind of thing, 
But then to me, like the 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 drums on Factory Showroom are a lot more snappy and kind of in your face and peppy, and everything just feels much more kind of um, layered evenly. Where some stuff on John Henry mm-hmm. kind of just all like morphs into a a blob to me. But that's the producer producer yeah, nerd in see, me. Do you? I, what, how do you feel about? I have very bad ears. I feel like I have I I have bad mm-hmm. ears, mm-hmm. and so. I can notice, like, I can notice the difference between the spiraling shape demo from Power of Dial Song 2 and spiraling shape on Factory Showroom. But when you talk about, and, and lots of people talk about on uh, Miscellaneous Tea, like the production values comparing, like, oh, this album is better than this mm. album. And I'm like, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> like, I can tell the difference between, say, Flood. And the else. But anything that gets a little bit more subtle than that, I'm like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Since, since the else, the else was pretty different. Just that was a dark record too. And it had the Dust Brothers involved a lot on it, which Marty and I mm-hmm. talked about. Um, because, uh, I mean, for straight from, straight from, straight from the drummer's mouth, uh, that's the only time in his in his time with the band, which is like 19 years at this point, the only time that anyone other than um, uh, Pat Dillett and They Might Be Giants have had anything to do with, you know, the production of the records. Mm-hmm. You know, they've always produced mm-hmm. their own stuff, and Pat Dillett has been the engineer. That was the only time, you know, so, like, that record makes sense. Like, the else, when you listen to it, you can really tell, right. like, drum loops and drum yeah. machine and stuff is like, yeah. you're like yeah. oh, it's kind of a different style. Um, but since the else, I would say they've gotten really consistent with the production, which isn't a bad thing because um, the mm-hmm. songs are still all over the place, just like like we like them. Um, but I think Factory Showroom is where things really came together for the full band era. Um, I don't know if you noticed a difference with that with John Henry, like the the arrangements. It just seemed like the the no. Johns were like... No, I did not notice that. <laughs> well, I'm just saying like the Johns were more like... And John Henry, maybe they were like... Well, okay, I guess we're not a duo anymore. You guys are kind of in the band. Right. Yes. But then like by Factory Shoreham, they're like, okay, let's just, you know, we'll layer on, we'll bring in some string players too, and we'll bring in some other stuff, and we'll really just go nuts and have fun with it being, you know, being a bigger band. It yeah. always just seemed like a more fun record too in general. Mm-hmm. Not that it isn't fun to listen to John Henry. I just mean like more like peppy as peppy mm-hmm. as peppy mm-hmm. as they can be, singing about their own worst enemy, <laughs> you know, and something that makes you go insane. <laughs> yeah. Seems like a more lighthearted record as far as, as as it goes for them. Like more like Flood than yeah. John Henry, like in tone. Yeah. Um so uh spiraling shapes specifically, you were talking about the, how much you like that keyboard line. Um mm-hmm. and there's also some vibraphone in there, which is really cool. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm yeah. talking about. The production is just very Yeah, vibraphone's cool. nice. And the thing about the vibraphone is it comes in, like, after the after the end part of the chorus, and it sounds like everything's going to be okay. <laughs> like, you hear that vibraphone, uh-huh. and you're like, I, I may just come out of this. I think, this is, I think it's going to be okay. But then. But then. Fuck. <laughs> Yep, take take advantage of that explicit logo. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm seeing something pop up here. Smiling shape. 
Dialysong. Mm, year? Question mark. Oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> Releases. Useless. Releases. Unreleased. Dialysong. Power of Dialysong 2. More power to you. But it has nothing else. Nothing. <clears throat> Question mark on the year. Uh, okay. Well, anyway. Back to the, 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 what most people consider the real, the completed version. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the vibraphone is great. And I love the vibraphone solos towards the end. I need to look up who played that. Oh, yeah. When the band keeps coming back in. I mean, we're, we're jumping yes. to the end of the song here. We'll get to the, the, the lyrics more. <laughs> but as far as arrangement goes, I love how it keeps like trailing on because they don't really have any songs that like extend the endings like that. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's coming to my mind right now is Anna Ng. How at the end, like it keeps kind of dying mm-hmm. and you'll hear like the little, I don't know if it's auto harp or someone sticking their hands out a piano. It's like, bring, yeah, and then it comes yeah. back in, you know, this kind of has that kind of vibe. But I was telling you beforehand, it's like the longest. Did you look? Is it the longest They Might Be Giant song? Uh, I, I didn't, but I know that it's not even the longest. Um, uh. How can I sing like a girl is a few seconds long oh, on factory showroom. Oh. Yeah. But I don't know um, uh, if there's a longer song. Oh. 424. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, the dial song version of Spiraling Shape is one second longer than How Can I Sing Like a Girl. <laughs> well, yeah, what's then. with all the long songs on this album? I don't know. They just were out of control, I guess. Yeah, I'll tell you. Like, Exquisite Dead Guy, like, that's normal. They might be giant song length right there. And your own worst enemy. That's normal. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That- <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of cool, too. That's them doing a different thing. For them doing, doing like, an actual radio single length song, it's different for them. <laughs> and then they kind of stepped back away from that, really, when they got to Mink Car. Most of the stuff got pretty short again. Mm-hmm. Three minutes or less. Uh, let's see who played the vibraphone. Steve Light. You can't click on his name. I was hoping to see that he had been on other stuff. Mm. Hmm. Steve Light. Hmm. Yeah, I guess I guess the factory showroom does is is it is kind of this weird in between era where it wasn't quite to the it wasn't to the band of dan's yet it wasn't the it wasn't the it wasn't mm-hmm. the first full band but it wasn't the band of dan's and then now we've got you know this solid yeah. band with marty that's been going for forever it is kind of like an in-between kind of lineup i've always felt like yeah so brian doherty same from same drummer right from john henry yeah and severe tire damage yeah for an album i've listened to so much i think my full obsession and like internet scouring of them this kind of missed that because I wasn't quite into that yet. So I'm feeling mm-hmm. like there's gaps here. Like I know the songs like the back of my hand. Oh yeah. And my, like my internet scouring didn't really start until about a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. And now I feel like, um, yeah, I've just discovered the rabbit hole. Yeah. And I'm just <laughs> sort of slowly lowering myself down into Safely. It. It's it's secure. Bit. Yeah. Into this little hole. Yeah, I mean, I was already getting yeah. to in 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 college, and I think it's just like having, you know, too much time on your hands. It was before I met my 
now wife, you know, just killing time. You know, I bought a synthesizer and just sat around and played. And I had my grandpa's accordion fixed up. And I just sat around being a music nerd and um, visiting the Vintage Synth Explorer website, which is still around. And the, um, this is the early aughts. Yeah, like 99, I started college. And, and then mm-hmm. the pr- previous site to the wiki, um, whatever that was called, the previous, they might be Giants Obsessive site. So yeah, it was like Mink Car era where I was starting to like get into the the real nerddom again. Mm-hmm. Want to talk about the lyrics? Should we go into this sure. this realm? Because this yeah, is go into that. This is where uh, really gets good. What what's uh, what's your take on the lyrics? Before we even, I don't even want to look at any of the interpretations because I know there's. Steve is already telling me on the Fang episode. He's like. Dude, there's some crazy shit on there. Because <laughs> he likes the song a lot. I remember that. Yeah. I think he said you can actually smell the pot or something. Through the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yep. That, that is what he said. So I didn't even go and look at him because I'm like, okay, like maybe I'll look at him while we're recording here just to get some funny first reactions. But I want to know what you think about the lyrics. What do you? What's your takeaway from this? What the hell is Spiraling Shape? Okay. Okay, well, um, there's the there's the sort of general takeaway, and then there's the horrible, sad revelation that I had when I was listening to it um, a few months ago. Okay. Uh, which would you rather have first? Uh, well, I think we got to go in order. Sad, so then. Yeah. So okay. yeah, let's get to oh. the horrible one. Uh, let's save save that. Okay. <laughs> So about two years ago, I finally started to see the light at the end of the student loan repayment tunnel. (laughs) And I'd been paying back my student loans for about 15 years. And I started to kind of um, secretly fantasize um, not about quitting my job and pursuing art full time, Mm -hmm. but quitting my art and pursuing a bunch of low key, like low stakes hobbies instead, Mm. like thinking, okay, once I pay for my master's degree, I can, I can stop. I can stop like trying to be an artist because like when you're still paying for something, you kind of feel like Uh, you're beholden to it. uh Um, What are your degrees in then? What are are your degrees in? Uh, Art. Yeah. I, I've got a, a Bachelor of Fine Art and a Master's of Fine okay. Art. Okay. So then paying, so, paying like, it off, you're going to like dust your hands off and be like, okay, that's done. <laughs> yeah, I'm done with that. <laughs> no more art. No more art. God, no more art. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I paid off the student loans. Um, I'm coming home from work. It's late. It's dark. I'm tired. I'm on the bus. I'm listening to Factory Showroom. Spiraling Shape comes on, and it gets to that verse... Now that you've tried it, you're back to report that the spiraling shape was a fraud and a fake. (laughs) You didn't enjoy it. You never believed it. There won't be a refund. You'll never go back. And I was like, fuck. Mm. I wasted the last 20 years of my life. (laughs) I was like, this song is about my MFA. Oh, no. I should have just, I should not have traded in, traded up from the BFA to the MFA. I just, I'm like, if, and I was like, I was listening to this song during my BFA. If I'd been listening (laughs) harder, I could have avoided this whole additional $20,000 of debt. I'd be happy. Um, which of course I don't, I don't, I don't believe that the spiraling shape is about my master's degree. Well, you're, you're relating but it to time. Yeah. 
at the time, I was just so sad. Mm. And then my iPod was stuck on shuffle. So the next song was Your Own Worst Enemy. (laughs) So I'm like, Jesus Christ. I really have wasted the last 20 years of my life. Oh, no. They might be giants made you sad. They made me so sad. But I'm fine now. I'm, I'm pretty... I'm pretty sure I can stick it out. Um, I'm going to keep the master's degree. I'm not going to throw it in the trash. I'm going to keep going for those grants and shows. Yeah. And so what, um, I don't know if you've, if you've shared anything on uh, miscellaneous tea or since I've, I mean, we haven't been Facebook friends for that long, but what's, uh, what's, uh, mm-hmm. what's your medium? What's your art? Uh, what's your preferen- preferred artistic expression um, other than the ukulele i guess, <laughs> I, guess uh, <laughs> um, I do a lot of textiles like weaving i i did that scarf that morse code right. scarf with the i palindrome i lyric in it um and i've done some other like weaving and crochet where i encode information either words or data and stuff that's like wild. that. That's um, wild. And then a, a little bit of printmaking. And I was just, um, I was in a, a duo called the Cedar Tavern Singers, AKA Le Fono Realists. Mm. And we called ourselves a, um, a folk art alternative musical performance art project. Did you say so, alternative um, or art alternative? Art, art alternative. <laughs> that's what I thought. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> Our whole premise was we were writing songs um, uh, about art history and contemporary art. So when people would come to a performance, they would expect just a musical performance, but really they were attending an art history lecture. (laughs) And so they would have no choice but to come away with some knowledge about about contemporary art. Um, And then we do covers of other artists' work and mashups. So there's that um, John Lennon, Yoko Ono, uh-huh. War is Over If You Want It. And so we took that and we changed it into, there's this phrase from a Canadian um, collaborative group known as Anything Company. Mm-hmm. And they had this phrase, art is all over. So we changed it to art is all over if you want it. And we had like this big sort of sit-in rally and we made all these signs and we marched around the park. Yes, I saw one of those signs that's all behind you in Oh, your, yeah, you uh, would have seen it, yes. Of Spiraling yeah. Shape, yeah. yeah. That is really cool. Yeah. Did you cover yeah. Meet James Ensor just to, because there's an no, artist song didn't. just right um, there waiting for you. I know. We, well, see, we were, we're trying to cover, like, 20th century artists. Okay. So James yeah. Ensor is just a little too too yeah. early. Uh, but we did cover, uh, I don't know if you know the German artist, Joseph Boys. You know, I know that I've heard the name, but I couldn't, no. He actually put out a pop song in the 80s, really? fantastic music video, um, called Sonstadt Regen. Aus dem Land, das sich selbst zerstört und uns den Way of Life diktiert. Da kommt Regen, bringt Waffen und Tod und hört er Frieden, sieht er rot. Er sagt als Präsident von USA, Atomkrieg, ja, bitte doch und da. Auf Polen, Mittlerosten, Nicaragua, er will den Endsieg, das ist doch klar. Sort of it's about the Reagan era, but play on words, I think it means sun instead of rain. 
And so we tried to cover that. We can't speak German, um, <laughs> but we sure tried to sing in German. Yeah. But nice. yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of like textiles and, and uh, performance. Cool. Yeah. I like how you're merging, merging music and uh, <laughs> visual arts there in a very, in, in a cool way. Um, do you do you have any recordings of the of of that group that we could play? You have an example? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can send you okay. something. So so what what should we play if if you can think of something that quickly to to introduce it before you know because and then I'll drop it in later. Oh gee, what do I have? Oh, um, let's well, take a minute. There's on or you can, oh there's something there's uh on okay let me find it. Um, yeah, I'm going to send you a link to a video of a performance of a song okay. called East Coast, West Coast. And it's a performance we did in San Diego. with beards and rubber boots because we're uh, referencing an artist, a San Diego artist named Eleanor Anton, who, who did some performances with a beard and some other performances dressed as a nurse. Mm. So that was our sort of San Diego performance uniform. Okay. <laughs> This one you're just playing a shaker and uh, and shaker and harmonica. And, okay, and the harmonica. And All right. Dan's on ukulele. I'm assuming that you play ukulele too in some of the of the groups. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's really nice. I like that. That recording's great too. It's got a lot of nice natural reverb, whatever that venue was. Oh, it was it was like a big, big sort of black box theater. Huh. Type of setup. Setup for you to be able to project project your voice very well inside. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you can see um, in the background uh -huh. there's a, a, a overhead projection. Yeah. So what we liked to do was project the lyrics to our songs so that the audience could sing along. And sometimes we would force them to sing. Oh along. yeah, I've I've done them before. That's a good move. Yeah. <laughs> And it's actually the the lyrics from the song are taken from um, a dialogue between two artists in the '60s mm. when they're they're talking about the difference between West Coast art and East Coast art. This is some very they might be giant stuff. Uh, 
Making people learn through music? How dare you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I wanted to learn, I would have been. I would have gone to school every day. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's cool. Uh, I like that a lot. So, when did? Well, hey, let's talk about the ukulele. When? When did you uh, start playing the the uke, as the cool kids call it? Huh. Well, like I think probably like most Canadian kids, at some point in elementary school, the ukulele is a unit in music class. Um, I feel like this is this just starting to, in in America. This is just starting to be a thing that people do is is write grants oh, really? for getting ukuleles and stuff. None of yeah. the schools I've ever taught I've in, had enough. Yeah, uh, in the nineteen seventies, there was a fellow um, on the East Coast, uh, Jay Chalmers Doan, and he started this ukulele in the schools program. Oh. And so, starting from the seventies, this sort of became a thing in Canadian schools That's where. Awesome the ukulele would be a part of the music program. So I think I was in grade four uh, when I first picked up a ukulele. Did you play the recorder in school really... as well? Oh, okay. yeah. And the tonette. Are you familiar with the tonette? Uh, somehow, it's no. It's like, it's, oh, man, it's worse than a recorder in some ways because oh. you can never get a good sound out of it. It's like this black, hey. sort of very squat, weird, whistly thing. Yes, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, you don't see those just, very like, much anymore. It just anymore. sounds like wind or something. Yeah, very airy sound. I have played I one know. of those. I just forgot what the name was. Man, yeah, those things are awful. Yeah. So, tonet, recorder, ukulele. And then in um, uh, 94, in undergrad, I decided I wanted to learn how to play an instrument, and I wanted to learn something that none of my friends were playing. So I chose the ukulele and I bought a shitty ukulele (laughs) and I bought a music book, which I didn't know this because it was before the internet, but it was, um, it was Roy Smek, who is like this amazing, um, amazing look up Roy Smek, like from the thirties. And, uh, but it's, so I tune in D. So you'll see oh. on my YouTube videos, sometimes I will comment, like, don't bother looking at my fingers to figure out the chords because I'm tuned to 100 years ago. Huh. So I'm tuned in D. I'm tuned A, D, F sharp, B, wow. whereas most of the world is tuned um, G, C, E, A. So when Dave and I go to ukulele meetups and we're playing, people get really confused because they can't figure out what is happening because our fingerings don't look anything because our tuning is different. Wow. Roy Smith lived um, to be 94 years old. He didn't die until 94. (laughs) Uh, That's interesting. Okay. So that's the year I started. Yeah. So you probably, I mean, I own a soprano and a tenor uke, but I'm, you know way more about it than me. I mean, it was invented in Hawaii. Yeah. What was yeah, the based on a Portuguese instrument? Yeah, okay. What was the original? Is there an original tuning? I mean, was Roy Smack using the, the original tuning? Yeah, the original tuning would have been huh. D. And so I think the reason for that was at the higher tuning, it's it's louder. So pre um, a- electronic amplification, yeah. you would have had to have a, a louder instrument. Sure. And then I don't know when the when the change to C happened, um, but I think D is still. 
I don't know. I feel like it's in Canada, it's sort of possible that you'll meet people who play in D, but nowhere else. When you learn in school, was it in C? I don't remember. I suspect it was it was in D. Really? When I learned in school. It's yeah. The Canadian yeah. way. Well, <laughs> yes. Roy Smeck's from Pennsylvania, so I don't know. That's uh man, that's interesting. I had no idea. I mean, I, you can tune any string, you know, depending if you put on the right gauge of strings, you can tune any string instrument to whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and I mean, I have a I inherited a lap steel. So I, I mess around with open tuning sometimes and stuff and different tunings. But yeah. on guitar, I'm just so lazy. I'm like, you know, there's a lot of bands, like all these emo bands and stuff that like, they're like tuning every song because everything's in different weird tunings. Oh, or like, right. I mean, yes. I also love Sonic yeah. Youth. But I mean, they they'll just have multiple guitars and they're all tuned to different things. Uh, but um, I did not realize that there was, yeah, that, that the ukulele is not tuned as it originally was intended. That's uh very interesting to the music mm-hmm. nerd in me. Yeah, huh. and I feel like I'm too old to change. <laughs> like it would be so easy to just change to C because there's like crap loads of tabs out there that you can yeah. find. And I don't think anybody does tabs for detuning. I just don't think that that's, that's a thing. Um, but like I'm just too old to learn something new. <laughs> um. Y- you know what? That's uh, let's just jump to your cover right now. I think uh, there is there is a, a little there's some live it might be giant stuff I wanted you to hear from this song. And we were in the middle of mm-hmm. we hadn't even fully talked about the lyrics. I don't think, but we're 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 ah, we did. Who cares? We're in the we'll get back around to it. We're in the yeah, uke section. Great. We're awesome. in the uke section. So what I wanted fabulous, my favorite. Yes, section. what I wanted to ask you is that if when you're talking about the different tuning, are you playing it in the same? Well, let's see. What's the what what key is this song in? Oh God, Whoa. no, no, I'm okay. not. Okay, this is like I can't sing on... anything. They might be giants in the original key. Mm, sure. Like I think I might be able to sing along to the John Henry demo version <laughs> of "Unrelated Thing" because it's in a different, it's in a lower in key. Unrelated key. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I'm like I I will transpose as high or sure. as low as I need okay. to. I yeah, that makes completely sense. disregard the I mean, original. it's also, yeah. it's in B yeah. flat. So like even for guitar, that's like, you're just playing bar chords the whole time. It's not a mm. pleasant guitar. I mean, it's in, it's in a good brass key in a, in a good horn key. Mm-hmm. And, it, but like John Linnell writing it, it's, I wouldn't consider it a good keyboard key either. <laughs> You're on so many black keys. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a, yeah, it's a weird choice. So maybe he just wanted to make it, uh, you know, uncomfortable for himself because sometimes you discover things when you put some restrictions on yourself, force right. yourself to do something. Oh, you sure do. So what, what key do you play it in then? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if I tell you the first chord is a G, uh-huh. does that help you? Well, is the last chord is, also does that a G? Mean it's in, it doesn't necessarily mean it's in G. Um no, I guess the last chord is a D. Yeah, let's see. I th- I think it would probably be in D actually, because it it starts with kind of that, um, just the feel of it. Like me just guessing right now, it starts with that kind of um, almost like anxious kind of feeling. The down, down, down you go. Like it's not sounding like mm-hmm. it's on the resting, 
like it's resting on the pitch that it should be at. It kind of starts right off the bat, kind uh, of hanging in the air like that. Um, yeah, so I would yeah. say it's probably safer bet that you played it in D if it ends on D. Okay. Because the song does end with, you know, and it ends with the big, like, big final yeah. Yeah, yeah. chord. So, yeah, it's probably in D. Okay. It's in D. Okay. Anything, anything else you want to say to, to <laughs> intro your, uh, your cover here? Well, first, how do people oh, find you on, well, on the YouTube? Uh, M-C-T-R-M-T is my username. McTermott, or however. Um, well, I thought like it. It's got that uh, that diminished chord, mm-hmm. and I thought that I feel like that's kind of an old timey chord. Yeah. yeah, like when I played that that sort of preverse on the ukulele, I really felt like it was um, it was an old timey sort of a chord progression. Definitely, because it's. I mean, it's chromatic. It's going from B flat to B. Yeah. That is a crazy, well, the original, at least. No way to stop. Yeah. Mm, Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and then it hits the E flat and the E flat minor. This is a really weird chord progression. But I really felt like um like it reminded me of um well even of kind of like tiptoe through the tulips or by the light of the silvery like some moon. Tin pan alley stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I, I felt like, oh, this is a good one to do on ukulele. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and you're not yeah, really, no matter what instrument you play, it's gonna be tricky, but you're not making it even changing mm-hmm. the key, you're not making it easy on yourself chord wise. Um, well, uh, let's, let's check it out. Should I play the whole thing? Okay. Do it. Uh, it's your show, man. It's my show. I'm playing the whole thing. Do whatever the yeah, hell you want. Here we go.
it's great and they heard it from the spiral in their eyes Fogging the view, cupping face to the window in darkness you make out a spiraling shape Putting all reason aside you exchange what you got for a thing that's hypnotic and strange The spiraling shape will make you go insane But everyone wants to see that groovy thing Don't spend the rest of your life wondering Don't spend the rest of your life wondering Don't spend the rest of your life wondering Everyone wants to see that thing Art is all over Spam. There's also <laughs> spam in the background. Yes, is there it, is. is. Is it an empty can because you just devoured the entire... No, it is not. It is a full can. <laughs> I think actually that might have been a Valentine's Day gift from Mark. Because you just like all things Hawaiian? I think it might have been a Monty Python reference. Okay. I was saying like the uke and spam. and all that. Have you ever been to Hawaii? <laughs> no, but my husband and I kind of have a retirement plan. <laughs> where we go to Hawaii, we swim out to sea, and we just let the ocean take us. <laughs> How romantic. Yeah. <laughs> because who's going to be able to afford to retire? No one. Oh, boy. I don't know if you know the man Frightened Rabbit, but my mind just mm -hmm. took a very dark turn when you said that. Because uh, his... So this Scottish band, Frightened Rabbit, they're they're... Really good. They were really good. Uh, the lead singer uh, has dealt with a lot of depression, like to not take this in too dark a place for, <laughs> I mean, they might be giants, so they get dark. <laughs> uh, but he would sing a lot of songs about um, water and swimming, like swim until you can't see land is a, a, a prominent lyric in one of their big songs. There's a song about jumping off this famous uh, fourth bridge i'm uh a famous bridge like an architectural really famous like landmark bridge and then he went and did it oh six geez. i think six years after writing the song and they um he went just he he tweeted something the modern era of uh troubled artists wrote some some tweet about like loving your love your family you know while they're still around something like that mm -hmm. and then something about like i'll see you guys later like some very weird a weird thing to say that seemed kind of you know innocuous in one way, but people who knew that he'd been that he'd been dealing with stuff like his whole life, like this was troubling, mm -hmm. and basically like it made the music journal, the music press like was basically like all indie rock music press was like they're looking for Scott Hutchison, like the the band is worried about him. If mm -hmm. anyone sees him, it was like you know it was like an alert, like to try, and then he. He washed up like oh a couple days God. later. Yeah, he had he had killed himself just as he'd sung about in in several songs mm -hmm. over the course of their like ten year career. It's mm -hmm. just horrible, but yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So that it's like because that was that was really. I'm. I mean, I wouldn't say they're like my. You know, 
my second favorite band of the Olympic Giants or anything, but I was really into them. Like, and it was like at the height of my fandom. And then I don't know how much like, you know, you being, you know, or, or my, I just barely squeezed into the, the Gen Xers, but Kurt Cobain dying was like, like mm-hmm. very tragic for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just like, just at the right age that it, it was like my first hero. And then he dies horribly. Um, but let's talk about the spiraling shape killing you. Let's let's get back to um yeah, this, uh, wonderful wonderful <laughs> this groovy thing. Let's get back to the groovy thing before I bring everybody down. All right. So I'm gonna deal with your my kitty cat. is very vocal. <laughs> oh, this appeared on a Malcolm in the Middle episode. You know, I was talking to Marty about how much music they did for that show. Because I was a little just, I don't know, a little too old for that show when it came out. Like, I was a little Mm -hmm. past, like, you know, their demographic. And I thought it was so cool that they did the theme song, but apparently they did a crap load of songs for it. Again, more They Might Be Giants content that I was unaware of. Oh, Um, yeah. But apparently this song, you know, appeared in it straight up in the episode Smunday. This song uh, was on Kids in the Hall Brain Candy OST. Yeah, you know what? I... Do not remember. I I saw Brain Candy when it came out in the theater. Um, I kind of remember it being more or less forgettable. And I definitely do not remember Spiraling Shape. I don't know what OST means. Uh, Original soundtrack. Okay, okay. The original soundtrack. Yeah, that didn't occur to me. But it says it is featured in the actual movie for only seven seconds. So maybe I just, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, some characters listening to in the background. I don't know. Um. Yeah. Oh, so I don't know if I've seen them play this live, but Danny apparently does the uh, the vibraphone solo on bass now. Oh yeah, that's pretty awesome. I don't think I've seen them do that. Um. Okay. So the the groovy thing. I'm starting to look at the interpretations, but I don't, if did you have anything else in your interpretation before we uh, get uh, down? No, I kind of just this? had a real general interpretation. Yeah. Yeah. Of like a thing that is, um, I don't know, go for it or don't mm-hmm. and suffer the consequences. But yeah, I had a look at the the other interpretations and I have to say the one <laughs> that is my absolute favorite. Mm-hmm. I got to scroll down to it because I don't want to misquote it. There's a lot here. I think the song Spiraling Shape is about the song Spiraling Shape. The spiraling shape in the song is the song Spiraling Shape. <laughs> and I think that's kind of valid because it's like if you think about it too much, you will... <laughs> go insane. You will go insane. <laughs> but it, yeah, there's a yeah. lot about drugs. I don't think it's out of the question that uh, they might Giants would get that meta. I mean, they were already pretty far into their career by this point. Oh, yeah. Um. And and the way that the song kind of keeps cycling around, and something about that that chromatic progression we already talked about, like it does, it kind of like lifts you up, and you're like, oh, oh, the anxiety's building, and then it kind of releases, and it builds back yeah. up, and then it releases, and it's not yeah. necessarily spiraling, but I mean, as much as you know, you can make music spiral, I suppose. Um, and then how the end keeps cycling in and out of the loud parts mm-hmm. and the vibraphone mm-hmm. solo and, and sucks you back in again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it starts out know. like it it sort of builds and builds and then it calms down a bit. And then mm-hmm. that, um, 
And now that you've tried it, that verse, it's like the guitar fully kicks in and the harmonies are fully kicked in. Mm-hmm. And that's when you realize that you wasted the last 20 years of your life. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's very easy to see how people think this is about drugs. I mean, even like... Even drinking, I mean, like the spiraling, like being drunk in, um, I don't drink and I never have, so I can't really speak to being drunk, uh, it's, because I never have been, but, uh, um, oh, it's fucking like swirling. awesome. Yeah, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Let me, uh, hold on. I got a beer right here. Uh, j- just like, you know, a swirling feeling, like when you feel woozy, mm-hmm. like the spiraling thing i don't know what's the shape the shape of a bottle i don't know you could there's so many <laughs> there's so many ways to go with yeah. with the best they might be giant songs um well and that's and there's like um this ambiguity in in mm-hmm. they might be giants lyrics kind of in general that i really like like there's this sort of inability to settle on some kind of a solid interpretation Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, that's I I I really like that. Here's one about <laughs> Alien Girls Mystery School interpretation. Oh, dear. The spiraling spiraling spelled wrong. The spiraling shape is the swastika. The song is addressed to the generation in Germany that falls in with the with the Nazis and later regrets it, saying the spiraling shape, the Nazi ideology, was a fraud. And claiming they didn't really enjoy it, really is italicized. They didn't really enjoy it. They only kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> Why is it italicized? They didn't really enjoy it. Um, the, <laughs> and then they quote, this could lead to excellence or serious injury. Only one way to go. Wreck your life. What's wrong or right? Uh, it shows how disaffected, alienated Germans viewed the Nazi party. They thought it could lead to excellence or maybe injury. What? But most of all, they wanted change. <laughs> Any change would do. So they put all reason aside and went insane. <laughs> ah, that explains it. They went insane. Fantastic. But then Dr. Well, Worm contributes. Uh, Dr. Whoa. Worm himself, the famous drummer, contributes uh, 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 an interpretation here. This song is obviously about love, how we all want it. We don't know why, and it ends up destroying us over and over again, but we keep going yeah. back for more. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, those those lines, uh, this could lead to excellence or serious injury. Uh-huh. Um, I've considered printing that up to put around um, the wood shop and the other studios <laughs> that I look after at the university. Nice. Um, but I've, I have to change it. <laughs> the wood shop would um, be... Uh, yeah, this could lead to excellence or serious injury. Only one way to know. Go, go, go to the safe work practice manual or consult one of the technicians. <laughs> it's funny. It just makes me think of Steve from the I've Got a Fang episode talking about this. He he put a uh, sewing machine, he put a needle through his thumb in seventh oh, grade. Oh, gee. Seventh grade uh, home ec class. <laughs> hi, hi steve i'm assuming he's listening to all of these yeah yeah um well and, but and, but I, then, I believe i believe he is right about that i i think i can smell the pot smoke through the internet because this is <laughs> this is out of control i thought they might i thought dr worm the song had some crazy interpretations but this one is mm-hmm. it gets wacky mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot about lsd i mean hallucinating yeah. 
Yeah, sure. Um, but then there's one about a episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Oh, did you see this one? No. This. Is, I, I wish like some of these don't have dates on them. I want to know. And I feel like some stuff. I feel like I have seen stuff that was like. Uh, when they started the new wiki that people have pulled over some interpretations from, from the old site. But I I'd like to know if any of these are actually from like right when the song came out, like what someone just hearing it is, is thinking mm-hmm. like Star Trek, the next generation. I mean, that was mid nineties, <laughs> right? Mid nineties. This song yeah. is strangely reminiscent of a Star Trek TNG episode. When a single Borg is rescued and separated from the collective, he becomes an individual named Hugh. The crew of the Enterprise then struggle with the moral implications of using Hugh to destroy the Borg via feeding an image of a mathematically impossible spiraling shape ah. directly into Hugh's optical processors and returning him to the Borg. It was thought that the spiraling shape would spread through the Borg like a virus, disabling them as their neural processors became overloaded with analyzing the impossible shape, perhaps driving them insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, and but, then the next interpretation, it's clearly about a spiraling shape. Shape misspelled. I, I like to think that that one was actually an intentional spelling, and clearly spiraling shape is about a spiraling shap. <laughs> it, and, it's but something... then the next one is also, oh. when this album came out, I was taking an electron microscope lab. This song perfectly describes not only the steps to start up an electron microscope, but it also describes the experiment quite perfectly. <laughs> what? But then it's totally like it's anonymous, not dated, not anything. Like yeah, I would yeah. love to like, if there was like, you know, because you have to have a username to score songs and stuff like that. You should you should be able to like find the person's <clears throat> like not be able to like track them down and beat them, but uh, but be able to be like you know if there was some sort of like messaging uh-huh. system on the wiki. I know that's a very complicated thing to do uh, website wise, post your own messaging thing. But like just like a way you to contact these people. Things. Yeah, yeah. Be like I re- be like what were you thinking? Or be like yeah, it's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Tell me tell me more about your uh, experiment. They just say it describes the experiment. <laughs> what? Quite perfectly, in fact. <laughs> what experiment? I need to know. And then the yeah. last one, the last one at the bottom. I've done LSD a bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like 95% sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but are you on LSD right now? And it's about a slinky. There are, there's some really good ones here. Oh. Man, it's crazy. Uh, so um, going way out of order from what I usually do, because we know this podcast is very well structured, always very oh, yeah. well structured. Uh, there is a very interesting live version that they did with some fun Linnell banter at the beginning. I'm going to send you this link here, and you can check it out. And we're talking about lo-fi, so uh, you're going to enjoy this. <laughs> Here's another song off our, uh, our, our new record. A bargain at any price. I'm going to buy myself a copy so I can get rid of some of this change. Here we go. Downtown, you go. 
thing i find interesting is well first of all where's flansburg <laughs> like is he just off camera or because then when they get to the well i don't know if you got to the uh, that groovy thing the echoes but like the oh. whoever's playing bass there yes yes does it yep flansburg is not to be seen i see that um and you really can't hear anything other than the accordion and the drums yep and they, the camera pulls out. Oh, and yeah, I don't see a flans anywhere. Oh wait, wait, wait! Is that him? Go to three thirty. Maybe that um, is. Maybe that is flans there. Three. Oh. There's a guitar player, but why is the bass player doing the harmonies? Huh. The face is so like it's someone wearing glasses. <laughs> it's someone wearing glasses but why wouldn't he be doing the well what yeah and what's the record store here I can't read the site the... I don't know it's very interesting and, and so this YouTube channel is Wout and a Piano W Out and a Piano uh uh, published 10 going on 11 years ago. It mm -hmm. just says they might be giants playing spiraling shape live at an in-store performance. What store? When? Oh, let's see. Somebody else comments. Um, oh, where did it? <laughs> I was at this mini gig at 78. So the store must 78s. be 78. My favorite comment though, Bityard, uh, less than a year ago says, Pretty sure this was recorded with a VHS compatible potato on LSD. <laughs> on LSD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. VHS compatible potato. It yeah, Ooh, I think people should then, go and watch this video. It's just very it's very cool. And I don't if, I don't know if you heard the uh the state songs Patreon exclusive yet, but uh um Yes, I did. I don't know if you went and saw the video of the no. Linnell playing those few songs. It's I love the lo-fi nature of it because it just reminds you how long they've been around and yeah. And even that, that was, that was the, you know, the tail end of the nineties. Yeah. To us older folks, it's like, oh, that, that wasn't that long ago. Wait a minute. That was 20 years ago. Yeah. But yeah, like stuff ages so quickly now. And this, it's, I'm kind of nostalgic for like, it reminds me of my high school bands, like VHS tapes that I still have many <laughs> of us. Of, oh God. I and, still have so many VHS tapes, like of performances and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm never like, man, I wish this was better quality. I'm like, oh, yeah, oh no. those were the good old days. Yeah, yeah. 
The way it should be. Everything's in HD. You can see every every nose hair of mine. Not good. No. Uh, so that is it. Flansburg. Why isn't Flansburg singing? Um, the you can't see. You can't tell anyone's faces. Like, is this the factory showroom ba- band? Is this? Well, he says it's off their new record. Well, so, there's a, a uh, comment at the very bottom by uh-huh. the um, the YouTube original poster. It says it's from oh. uh, March 27, 97 in Perth. Okay, 97. Huh. So why did he choose to play it on accordion? There's no accordion in the orig- in the studio mm-hmm. version. Um, it's weird. You'll see songs. I don't know. When I've seen them live, I've, I've noticed that He'll take songs originally on accordion and play them on keyboard, probably just for ease of of doing whatever, like if there's multiple keyboard parts. Mm-hmm. Um, like songs that on the studio version might have a, a, a certain keyboard sound and an accordion, he'll just play them on the keyboard. You don't usually find it going the other direction. Right. Not, he, he, at least from what I've noticed as you know, kind of an accordion nerd, I'll be like disappointed when he's like, he plays something on keyboard. I'm like, that's an accordion song. You know, but it's usually not like, oh, he made this an accordion song. Yeah, you yeah. Know. That's interesting. Um, okay, so 97, yeah. So this came out at the beginning of... The album came out February 3rd, 96. Or that was the first time it was played. It was February 3rd, 1996. 100 known performances. There was one other... Uh, there's another live version I found that was pretty cool visually. I don't think I need to show the... Uh, Play the audio, but if mm-hmm. if you look up, they might be giants playing. This is uh, not official video. Uh, they're playing "Spiraling Shape" at uh, Washington D.C. Science Convention Ooh. in 2014, and it's just got really cool. Well, I'll send you the link just to look at the the backdrop they're playing against. Um, people should go and check that out. The audio is not too bad. Um, it, it's worth watching, I think, and it's just a cool. Looks like a real. Real freaking cool venue. It's just got all these blocks, these colored, giant colored blocks with like uh, atoms and molecules and uh, and microscopes on them. Oh, I see. Very colorful and fun looking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so science. Got, yeah. Science. <laughs> science is real. Car has that shirt. Um, it's a good one. So I've got a cover. That um uh is you know I don't know it's it's maybe almost as good as yours. <laughs> no, it's not. Here, just just check this out real quick. This is um, and I know that that the people don't like when I make fun of covers, but this one I think is intentionally made to be a little bit janky. I'm I'm gonna say it's intentionally because it was it was uploaded just about six months ago, not mm. long ago. And it's got this crazy, um, you know, like Microsoft Paints looking artwork, just like scrawled, spiraling okay. shape, parentheses, cover. And it is uploaded by Puppet Head. Oh, I feel like I've looked before. Give that a listen. Okay, let's see. <laughs> it kicks in. If you want to skip to like 140.
I just like playing playing stuff that is just odd because I think I think it's something. Oh, that, it's th pretty charming though. That yeah. uh, whatever that um, sound is. <laughs> it's just it's MIDI. So it's 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 like MIDI, but not like like MIDI today is pretty advanced. Yeah. And people will record stuff. Like, there's a chance that they might be giants to have used MIDI. Like, Linnell will use a MIDI keyboard because then you can right. cue up any sound and change it after the fact and fix notes and blah, blah, blah. But this is like MIDI in terms of this is like 90s, yeah. 1990s MIDI when I didn't know how to use MIDI back then, but it's apparently much more limited. I mean, you'd find, I'd, I'd find random things like this on the internet. Um, and just thought they just sounded hilariously bad, but now looking at it, there's it's like, certain, oh, this is cute. <laughs> yeah, there's a certain charm to it for sure. Yeah, and this guy, even though he uploaded it this year, I think he's he's probably like dabbling in retro technology is basically mm -hmm. what he's what he's doing, which makes it kind of cool because you first listen to it and you're like, what is this? Some sort of joke? <laughs> but then it's like it's clearly intentional, and if you go to his YouTube page. Um, there's a lot of, yeah, okay, so this is where I saw, I came across this video he made for Your Racist Friend, which popped up right away for me on his channel. Uh, he makes all these cartoons, which I think he just uses, does he use the original? Yeah, so it's like the original song, but then he's made like a cute little music video over it. Ah. Uh. Um, it seems like a lot of that that he's done is is that, like making music videos. Um. Whoa! TMBG Unlimited full collection. There's a seven hour. Oh my god! There's a seven hour upload of all. He uploaded all of the. They might be Giants Unlimited songs. Oh, oh my maybe, god! That I think that's maybe where I heard uh, <laughs> Rocket Ship. Oh my! God. I'm pretty sure it was TMBG Unlimited on on YouTube. Holy cow. Yeah, and you'll find them in, in, in smatterings, though, but, like, I'm wondering if I should rip this entire seven-hour thing. I mean, I've heard a lot of them in chunks, but, like, do I seven hours. <laughs> oh, wow. And TMBG Unlimited didn't run that long, did it? I mean, they go kind of flip-flopping no. back, back and forth between these different, like, fan club-type things. They're always, like, changing their minds about how they want to do it. It's like Dial-A-Song. Mm -hmm. Unlimited fan club, bring dial a song back. Like, just uh, they're basically just different vehicles for them, like springing a bunch of new songs on the world between albums. Seven hours. Whoa. Okay. So, you said you did a, a cursory look for other covers. Did you find anything yeah. worth uh, sharing? Um, well, there's that fellow that you played, um, possibly on the State Songs episode, Astral B. Mm -hmm. I've actually just uh, I've actually just located the man himself. Oh, you have fantastic! And, and he's going to be on an episode. Oh, wonderful! That's His name awesome. is Daryl Daryl Till, and yeah, and I told him because um, John uh, always I'm I'm sure I'm saying his name wrong. Uh, he is one of the moderators on Miss T. He's one of the editors on the Wiki. He's going to be on an episode too. I want him to tell me all about the history of the Wiki. Um, and he's like, oh, I listened to, because he listened to the state songs. He's like, oh, that's Daryl. I'm like, man, you know everybody. So then I, <laughs> I hit up Daryl. And he's yeah. like, well, that song is the 50 States cover. It was over a decade old. And he's like, like man, I got, I got better stuff than that. I'm like, dude, it's pretty impressive. Okay. <laughs> 
So yeah, let's uh, let's play a little Astral B. ukulele one that's quite sweet oh okay i i'd seen that and just skipped over and been like there's no way it could be that's good if you, you want a little uke competition i, I, I suppose maybe maybe <laughs> well, uke see, people are more friendly and that's uh, yeah but but the fellow who's playing it is my is one of my ukulele buddies well okay so then. i've never met him in real life but he and i are mutually subscribed to each other's youtube channels and um have been watching each other's videos and when i saw this let's see what's the date 2011 so we're talking um, about like, uh ear teep ear teep yeah yeah ear, ear teep and oh um, okay <laughs> yeah i'm like wait what oh backwards okay <laughs> <laughs> ear e-e-r-t-e-e-p what's yes. it, do you know his real name yeah petrie oh okay <laughs> it's, it's not spelled like that, though. It's would have an I. No, no, it's not. No, no. Okay. All right. He's got a very pretty soprano uke there. Oh, it's great. Uh, it's a mainland. Um, comes from Indiana. Um, Booyah. Need more. Need more Indiana. There's a, an outfit called Mainland Ukuleles. Um, oh. And they, they, oh, their ukuleles are so good. Hmm. Like they're and they're not super expensive. Like they're sort of um, mid, what Derek mid price, plays. but they sound good. And I think he's playing a a pineapple. Yeah, the body is uh, mm-hmm. not um, normal guitar shape. Whatever, you, yeah, yeah, hourglass shape but or what people think of as a guitar shape. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think if uh, if our friend Derek has a mainland ukulele. <laughs> yeah, he. I know I haven't indeed. invited him on the pod yet, but it, it, he definitely has to come on. Nobody 
it's really like, but everyone says it's great. It looks like Eartip here is in C, am I wrong? Yes, he's in C. Yeah, this is nice. I like his strum. Yeah. Yeah, he really gets the, the upstrokes mm -hmm. accented nicely. Yeah, that's 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 nice. Nice job, Petrie. Very cool. Yeah. Getting uh, creeping up on seven hundred views there, stuff, man. Not bad. YouTube, I'll tell you, my elementary students are were not impressed when I showed them uh, one of my songs. Oh on dear. YouTube. They're like four hundred views. I'm like, that's pretty good as far as I'm concerned. And they're like, <laughs> what? Because everything they watch is like these like <laughs> a million influencers, like these YouTube. <laughs> People that become famous off YouTube it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm old. I, I don't understand I'm so how it old. works. Yeah, but if you have less than like, you know, several hundred thousand views, it's like what? If it doesn't have a K next to it, something right? K, it's not even worth. Yeah, yeah. It's garbage. Garbage. Um, was there anything else cover wise? Uh, no. Do you think maybe the song is about the spiraling shape on the on the Macintosh? I think that is in you the interpretation somewhere. You think maybe that's what it's about? There's just so many here. I don't know. Let me scan through real quick, and then uh, we got to call this a night. Where's I? I feel <laughs> like I saw that on here. I, I well, Steve mentioned on. I've got a fangy mentioned that it was about Windows ninety five. Is, is what, that's the way that Steve said it. It's about Windows 95, man. Uh, but um, does does Windows do, does Windows have a spiraling thing when when your computer's like? Uh, uh. I don't know. It's been a long time since I used Windows. Yeah. Oh, let's see. Drugs, drugs. Floater. Drugs. <laughs> Floater like a like a oh, turd. Reincarnation. No, like uh, that thing that's in your eye. Uh, you know, when you, you're really tired or something and, and you see like these things floating around. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, like seeing stars, essentially. Yeah. I can't find it. But this one guy says it's about the experience of watching Lost. <laughs> <laughs> the song came before Lost, buddy. Okay, I don't know. Maybe I... It's about a slinky. Let's just settle with that one. <laughs> it's about a slinky. <laughs> Which doesn't spiral at all. I mean, it's circular. It doesn't spiral. No, it doesn't. It's, a, it, it's an accordion-type shape. It's, it mm -hmm. collapses on itself in a way and creeps along, but it doesn't spin or spiral. Mm -mm. He's on drugs. Does, He's yeah, on drugs. You're in trouble. <laughs> if your slinky is spiraling, there is something... You're probably wondering why I have a slinky right here. I bought an old metal slinky because I want to make the, the original sounds of uh, the lasers and lightsabers in the original Star Wars, the Foley work. They put a microphone inside a metal slinky really? and Fantastic. Beat, beat the slinky. So I've yet to try it out, but uh, I, I bought a slinky just in preparation for, for, for making noise with it. <laughs> So I'll let you know how it goes. By the time this airs, maybe I'll have actually recorded my own laser sounds, and I'll drop one in right Wonderful. now. Oh, <laughs> my God. I need to go to bed. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know what's coming last. What am I going to make oh, you do geez. last here? 
And you forgot. You, you're gonna edit all those out, right? Every time I say OGs, oh, you're gonna. That's no, not gonna I'm gonna be, copy I'm not gonna sound and paste like them a, all together. <laughs> I'm gonna copy and paste them like every two seconds. So you're. OGs. Oh, <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> Don't you know? It just it makes me think of Bobby's World. You remember that show? No. Oh, jeez. Or Fargo. Either way, it's all good. Oh, Fargo. All good. good lord. My husband is constantly, my husband cannot go a day without quoting Fargo. Fargo's amazing. The show's good, it, too. It's awesome. It's yeah. awesome, but you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> is, I mean, he's from the area, too? I mean, he's from Canada. Uh, yeah. Okay. He's, he's not an American who's, like, mocking no. you by quoting Fargo in a very, oh, like, no. northern, no, I mean, no. I know that's northern, uh, you know. No, but like, he definitely, he definitely does mock me by Quoting, <laughs> quoting Fargo, but anyway. <laughs> I think it's an adorable accent. Oh, fantastic. I forgot my, I lost my Chicago accent a little while ago, but people used to, when I moved first to Indiana, they're like, why do you say bag so weird or, or mom or dad? Like, <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean, I wasn't like some, I mean, I am very Polish, but I wasn't like some like Southside Polish guy, you know, it's Polish sausage, you know, like the super fans right, right. from SNL. Does, does the accent come back when you go back to Chicago? I don't know. I mean, I'm a suburban kid, which is why it really surprised me when people would say that at first. I'm like, uh, I'm like, well, I guess it's like that with any accent. It's like, I don't have an accent. You have an accent. I sound exactly. normal. I sound normal. You guys are all hillbillies down here. In, in, I sound normal. And this is a toque. This, okay. <laughs> uh, don't you call toboggan sleds something different too? Or is it toboggan something else? Uh, is it no, toboggan a sled? Toboggan's a toboggan. Okay, what am I thinking about? I, guess. I don't know. Are you thinking about a Chesterfield versus a couch? What the hell's a Chesterfield? What the hell? What's a Chesterfield? Isn't that it's kind a of couch? A Chesterfield is a couch. Any specific <laughs> kind of couch? Go? No. I no, thought I like that's what they the call different it in kinds Ontario, of couches. Though. Oh, a Chesterfield. What? Like why is like what's a, the origin a, of that? I have no idea. But like porch and veranda, do you guys have a porch or a veranda? We have a porch, you- but veranda makes me think of like a southern, uh, a southern plantation. We have the uh, we sit out on the veranda and sip our on sweet the Chesterfield. tea. Chesterfield. <laughs> they wouldn't have a Chesterfield on the veranda. I'll tell you that. That's for that's for college kids. You put the sofa out on the sofa. There's oh, sofa. sofa! Right, the couch. What do you What do you call a caffeinated beverage? Uh, you mean like pop? Pop! There we go. Now now yeah, we're pop. seeing eye to eye. That's a Midwestern <laughs> thing, too. Pop. Pop. <laughs> pop. My God, pop. I've I've gone insane. The sparkling shape. Let's uh oh, let's let's I'm let's so score sorry. this goddamn song. Oh right, okay. That's you what want I was me getting to go at. first or I'm gonna start talking about couches. Yeah, you, you have to go first. <laughs> okay, um, so I uh, thought a lot about this and mm-hmm. did not come to any conclusion, um, but I'm going to give it a 9 and 5 sixteenths. I like it. <laughs> Very because nice. Because there's room, there's room yep. Yep. to move in there. There's like a whole other... I like that. I also like that yeah. you went with... With fractions, because most seem, people seem to go decimals. Um, well, but I was kind of thinking like decimals sounds a little bit metric, 
And this is an American podcast, so <laughs> you got to go with Thank the, you for, with for speaking with my language. <laughs> okay, I'll do fractions too. What am I going to do here? Okay. Uh, well, if we look at the, this is very highly rated on oh, it is. the wiki. Mm-hmm. 17 out of 900. Mm-hmm. I was actually pretty surprised by that. Me too. I like the song lyrically a lot, but I think the, um, I don't know. And maybe because it's just like I've said, like, I, went, I don't know if I'd say I've cooled off on Factory Showroom, but like, I love it. I listen to it. I listen to it. I listen to it. And now, I, like I told you, I'm going back to the really old stuff or the really new stuff for some reason. Um, though I haven't been spending time with John Henry again. I suppose I should go back to this one. Um, they got to release the demos. Uh, and <laughs> for every album, because us, we'll buy them. Because we're just oh, we slaves. Will. We'll slaves buy anything. to the Johns. Yeah. Yeah, but, but but this one, like, I love it lyrically, and I love the vibraphone and stuff, but <clears throat> it is a long song, and I, I don't know if it's, it's their fault that they've ruined my, them in punk rock have ruined my attention span, and mm-hmm. I guess teaching children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have no attention span, so therefore neither do I. Move on, what's the next thing? Like, it, it, it kind of drags for me a little bit, though there is a lot of good stuff there, but I, I'm going to go... I'm going to go... Eight and eight and one eighth. <laughs> eight and an eighth. That's let's pretty, let's see that's that. That's pretty respectable, and it's a good like symmetrical sounding. Yeah, I'd say that's that's pretty solid. Eight eight is um an amazing song. Anything over an eight. So, uh, would you like to plug anything else? I mean, is there or um, where can people find your Woven goods can and can people just uh, buy them, or do they have to commission you, or how does that work? Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, for Pete's um, sake. Yeah, I don't. I, I, the the art sort of weavings. I haven't been thinking of making them to sell. Um, and I sell my tea towels through the Lethbridge Weavers Guild. Okay. <laughs> Because I love, I love me a good hand-woven tea towel. But um, I don't know. People can find me various places online if they just look for MCTRMT. Okay. They'll find me wherever. All right. Yeah. And they'll see some good stuff. Deal. I've, um, I think on Flickr I'm McTro, and I've got photos of artwork there. Okay. And if I do, if I ever do anything, they might be Giants related. You'll. It'll probably show up on miscellaneous tea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love miscellaneous tea, but it almost is like too much sometimes, and I'm contributing to that too. I post random yeah. shit. Yeah. But it's like it's just a constant slip. I mean, I could just sit on there all day if I wasn't working and just like and love oh, everything easily. that everyone's posting. But it's easy for easily. stuff you put on there to get swept away by someone's uh joke post or something, you know, which I yeah. like those too, but you know. They should head over to this to the they might be shit posting page. Oh gee, that's it. I love I love <laughs> TMBS. I, I've I've become a bunch pretty of big fan lovable of jackasses over there. Yeah, I got real hard myself. into Simpsons shit posting, and uh, so I figure might as well check out some. They might be giant shit posting. Yeah, and you should check oh, out my uh, my friends. Um, actually, the guy that was on Black Ops, um, he created a. They might be giants meme Instagram and uh, oh, Twitter. I've subscribed to that. Yeah. Yes, yep. it's top yeah, drawer. That's, that's Danny. Yeah, 
Definitely. Okay, so with with that, I think we should call it a night before <clears throat> I totally lose it. Before you die? Okay. Yes. Uh, when will you die? Soon. Um, so, <laughs> so thanks again, Marianne. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, it was awesome. Let's. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah. If you uh, if if you if you put out any more uh, uke covers or anything else. Uh, related to They Might Be Giants, just make sure I get a heads up, because then if I uh, cover that song down the road, I will make sure to find your cover. Oh, sure thing. Of a future song. Fantastic. Yeah, cool. All right. right. Well, then, uh, signing off, I'll just say all the things so I don't have to record again later, like when I forget. Find us on Twitter <laughs> at uh, This Might Be a Pod. Email This Might Be a Pod at Gmail. Facebook.com slash This Might Be a Podcast. Um... Is that all of them? Oh, leave voicemails. Voicemails are fun. Because um, everyone likes to hear the sound of their own voice. You can call us at 224-801-2930. Give me a call, leave a message. I will uh, play it. Yeah, that'll do it for uh, Spiraling Shape. And I hope you all don't go as insane as I am currently. So. All right. Yes, it's very sad. Okay, uh, bye-bye. <laughs> Don't spend the rest of you.